And good afternoon, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Gordy Zambrano, your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network South and Central Texas listening area. You can hear this program every Monday at noon right here on your local GRN station, online at grnonline.com, or on the free Guadalupe Radio Network app. We're also streaming this program live on Facebook if you're part of our GRN South and Central TX Facebook group. Be sure to join us there. Thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls, Fredericksburg, Kerrville, Uvalde, and right here in good old San Antonio. We're grateful you've decided to spend this hour joining us and getting caught up on all things Catholic in South and Central Texas. On this program, we try to bring you a variety of informative discussions highlighting different people, ministries, and events going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of Austin. On today's program, we'll be talking with Christopher West, and he is going to be talking about his awesome book, The Unfinished Temple, going from LDS to Catholicism. I look forward to that conversation. We've been talking, but um, it's going to be a great conversation. And the second part of our show which she just got here, Cindy Cerna, 40 Days for Life. Uh, we're going to talk about 40 Days for Life and their prayer campaign that's going to be coming up. Uh, I'll talk about this, but I was at their launch yesterday at St. Matthew. It was, it was fantastic. I'm really looking forward to our conversations and discussions and thankful for our guests for coming in. So before we begin those conversations, let's get today's program started the way we do all things, and that's in prayer. And remember, as we pray, ask the Lord to make his will known to you and for the grace to accomplish his will in loving obedience. So we start in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear God, may everything we do begin with your inspiration, continue with your help, and reach perfection under your guidance. With your loving care, lead all of us in our daily actions. Help us to persevere in love and sincerity. Bless us with an abundance of courage in proclaiming your holy name and the teachings of your church. Grant us the grace to do your will in loving obedience. Heavenly Father, keep us under your constant protection and draw us, our families, and our loved ones ever closer to you. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I want to take this time before we get uh, talking to Christopher to recap last week and last weekend. Sunday was Veronica's Journey's 5K run, Dr. Mitch and Chrissy Finney. Put on an incredible event. Love being out there. Love having the GRN out there at the table. Gave out plenty of stickers, prayer cards, and just a successful, successful uh, event. Started with 7 a.m. mass, and the kids run and adult run were, were awesome. Tacos provided by Catholic Charities. J. Antonio Fernandez, my good buddy, thank you so much for providing that. And uh, for having your your uh, big Catholic Charities van out there. It's so awesome. Um also went to the 40 Days for Life. Uh, I just mentioned that about Cindy Cerner. She'll be our second guest. They kicked off at St. Matthew, and uh, it was uh, Bishop Yannick helped to kick it off, and uh, <clears throat> we'll be joined by Cindy Cerna in the next half hour. So we're going to talk all about 40 Days for Life. And in terms of what's coming up, don't forget, last week we spoke with... Um, uh, Dr. Tom and Didi Kolkebeck and also Father Carlos Velasquez about their upcoming Love Strong Marriage Retreat and Gala on the 27th of October. Go into lovestrongmarriage.com for more information on that. Also want to mention two other things. Axe Missions Gala is coming up. 
Uh, it's going to be on October 28th. Deb Alanise and her crew are working hard to make the 12th Annual Gala a success. Go to axemissions.org for more information on that. I'm sure it's going to be a great gala. And lastly, on the, in regards to Life Chain SA, Sunday, October 1st, consider publicly praying in community with San Antonians for the dignity and protection of human life. It's going to be located over off San Pedro, just inside Loop 10, uh, right across from North Star Mall in that grassy knoll area. They're going to start at 1215. They're going to have a Walk for Life, a 115 opening ceremony. Two to three is a human life chain and at 315 closing uh, ceremony. So you don't want to miss that. I know my good friend Patrick Bondola will be out there, uh, San Antonio Family Association. And so we're going to pray for a, a great event. And, uh, you know, the protection and sanctity of life is one of our pillars here at the Guadalupe Radio Network. So uh, we want to make sure we support that entirely. So let's turn to my first guest. Uh, I'm so glad to have you in the studio let me just get your camera. There you are. You're on. You're on Facebook Live right there. And so, Christopher, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Bit. It's very great. excited. Very it, nervous. It, don't be nervous. We're going to talk <laughs> about your book, The Unfinished Temple. Great. And this, I've been thinking about this all weekend long. You're taking LDS to Catholicism. Tell me about that. How did you come up with the uh, the idea for the book? A little bit of history and. Uh, you know, just, I, I guess, what was your inspiration? Sure. Well, I was uh, a Latter-day Saint for 23 years. Uh, I converted when I was 16. Uh, and so uh, I love uh, the LDS people. Um, and I, I never stopped believing in the LDS church. That's kind of, uh, I, think right. that, I think that makes me different from uh, other people who uh, maybe leave the LDS church. Um, a lot of uh, LDS people are, are nervous to talk to those of us who've left because uh, they think, uh, and I think they think rightly that a lot of people who leave the church uh, then come back and try to destroy their faith. Right. And that's not my uh, intention at all. Uh, I've just discovered um, some very exciting truths uh, in the Catholic faith that I want to share um, uh, share with right. all these people. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, my background was I was a convert, actually, to the audience mm -hmm. faith. I converted when I was 16. Um, I, I grew up um, uh, raised by atheist parents or living with atheist parents. Um, and... Uh, the the other people oftentimes are told that they're not Christian, right? And that doesn't make any sense to them. That that just makes zero sense to an LDS person, uh, because they love Christ and they're keeping His commandments and they're building His kingdom on the earth is, is what they're trying to do, right? Um, and for me, the LDS Church saved me from sin, right? I was I was raised without any sort of teaching of of morality, right? And so I had to discover the hard way that sin is not happiness, and so uh, the LDS people were the first people to. Uh, deliver the message of Christ to me that, that we need to repent of our sins and we need to obey Christ. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, uh, so I was happy, happy LDS, uh, member of the LDS church for, for 23 years. Uh, converted at 16, like I said, I went on a mission to Finland mm -hmm. uh, for two years uh, and taught the gospel there. I uh, came back and went to BYU, Brigham Young University, which yep. is the LDS uh, uh, university. You were fully taught. engaged. I was I, I was all in. I was all in. I <laughs> uh, got married in the Salt Lake Temple. Met my wife at BYU. Got married in the Salt Lake Temple, um, and then served in the church in, in various ways uh, until uh, just about two years ago when I became Catholic. Uh, before I uh, became Catholic, I was serving as uh, the ward mission leader. So I was helping um, the missionaries, the, the LDS missionaries, find people to teach, mm -hmm. setting up uh, uh, lessons and things for them, uh, coming and teaching lessons with them. And my wife was in charge of the child, the children's program, which is called Primary. So we were right. very active in the church. 
Uh, and then I um, discovered some things about the Catholic faith. Uh, and I told my, my LDS bishop at the time, I called him and I said, I don't think I can help the missionaries anymore because I think the Catholic church might be true. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, what was so compelling about the Catholic church that, that got your attention? Yeah. Well, I didn't know anything about Catholicism, really. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up in, in Utah. And the first time I met an actual believing Catholic, I was about 30 years old. Uh, and that's, I moved to Arizona and I met some Catholics who actually believed it. I had known Italians in Utah, but they were not really Catholic, right? <laughs> right, right. And so I just met some people and I thought, you actually believe this stuff, huh? That's so weird. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, having conversations with them, I was introduced to the Catholic faith. Uh, now, I wasn't converted because I was very solidly uh, in, in my own faith. Um, and uh, But we had some good conversations and I uh, was, uh, they introduced me to uh, Greek philosophy, to Aristotle. Oh, and wow. for yeah, so for any LDS people listening to this, this will be kind of oh, that's that's where the danger is, right? These philosophies of men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there was uh, some really interesting things, um, uh, some really interesting ways. That, so so, uh, the truth exists and it's and it's real, and we can come to know it. And there's two ways to know the truth. Uh, one is through revelation, and the other way is through reason. Right. And so if you reject true reason, uh, that's not good. Uh, God, God, Christ is the truth. Christ is the truth. Right. That means that his teachings will make sense because he is the truth. Um, and so uh, one of the teachings of the Catholic faith that first got introduced to me was uh, the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. In the, yeah. uh, so when the Catholics bless the, uh, the, the bread and the wine, they don't think it's symbolic. They think Christ is actually there. Right. And the word they use for that is transubstantiation which for anybody who doesn't know Latin is not familiar with it, it just sounds like hocus pocus. Yeah. Um, but my, my Catholic friends introduced me to Aristotle and Aristotle taught the difference between substances and accidents. And so the substance is what a thing actually is. The accident is what, is it, what, it, what, it, what it appears to be. Right. Um, now there's a couple of great examples of what this means. It's something like this. You are not what you appear to be, right? Every person you meet is more than they appear to be. You are not your appearance. Right. If you have a bad haircut or something, that doesn't uh, change who you are at sure. heart. Um, another example that is uh, more fundamental than this is um, uh, my brother died about five years ago. And from one moment to the next, yeah. he went from being alive to being dead, right? Wow. So he's the same material, same body was there. Yeah. And everything was different from one moment to the other. And so what a thing is, is not merely what it appears to be. There's something right. substantial to a thing. And so uh, once, once I learned that distinction between substance and accidents, then the Catholic teaching that Christ was truly present, even though it appeared to be bread, it appeared to be wine, that it was truly Christ present, it at least made sense. Right. I at least understood, okay, this isn't just some mumbo jumbo, hocus pocus stuff. This is, there's actually something, this is a possibility. There's DNA in there of a 33 <laughs> year old man. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the, 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 the <laughs> substance of Christ is there, is what I would say. Right. Even saying DNA is, uh, is once again would be imputing the idea that it's uh, it's material materially present or something, right? But it's substa- uh, and that's different than substantially present. But uh, so that was my first kind of uh, that was one of the first things I started learning about. Uh, and then Catholics kept saying weird things to me that didn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah. From my background, uh, I had uh, I had one friend, uh, Kristen Wegener, and I I said uh, we were talking to her, and I, I said you know well, I have a testimony that my church is true. You know mm-hmm. God has revealed to me that it's true. And she said, who are you? Um, which is just kind of a, a weird response to me, but it really oh. struck me of like, uh, for 
uh, and I think what she meant was something like, "You do not sit in judgment of God, right? You don't you don't get right. to decide what's what's true." Something like that. I don't know. Uh, it was just one of these kind of shocking things. Another shocking thing. Another Catholic friend said, "This is uh, James Thompson." Uh, we were just at his house talking, and he said, "Well, well, of course, Mary is more important than any of the apostles." And my wow. wife and I looked at each other and we said, what did you just say? Uh, because the, yeah. uh, the LDS, they have 12 apostles, right? They have 12 men that they call apostles mm-hmm. and they're the leaders of the church. And, and we, we, they, they take that teaching from the New Testament where there's 12 apostles that Jesus called and all that was very important. And then hearing him say that Mary was more important than the apostles, I just never heard anything like that before. And so we asked him what he meant. And he said, well, all the apostles fled during Christ's passion and she stayed with him. I thought, okay. So I had never, from my LDS background, we just never thought of Mary as important. Right. Um, so I got this introduction of, of Mary as being important. And this is something that's really important to a lot of uh, LDS women is they're trying to figure out uh, what, is the, what is a woman's role in the church? Uh, this is something that my wife really struggled with. Mm-hmm. Um, so we stayed uh, LDS, we stayed faithful, yes, uh, our entire time. But there, there were times of doubt that we had. Uh, one of them was, uh, this is when I was, uh, we were living in Arizona, and I was teaching the elders quorum class, so it's like the, the men's class. Was it at, at Great Hearts? Well, this is the, at the LDS church. Oh, I was at teaching. the LDS I was teaching church. at Great okay. Hearts, too. Yeah, But I was yeah. also teaching on Sundays. Okay. Yeah, I was teaching, a, I was a teacher at a classical at academy. At LDS, Hearts, yeah. But I was teaching at the LDS church on Sundays, uh, and I was teaching the, the, the men's class. And, uh, and my wife, uh, so we have the hour of worship, and then we have the classes we go to. And uh, I was teaching the men's class, and my, my wife went to the women's class, and then we got back together afterwards, and she was kind of teary-eyed. And I asked her about it, and um, you know, she was really struggling with the idea of polygamy. Uh, now, the LDS have not practiced polygamy for 150 years, uh, but the doctrine kind of hasn't gone away. Right? It's right. still there. It hasn't been, uh, uh, they haven't said it's, it was wrong. They just said you know, it's in the past. And so she really struggled with that. Um, and her question is, what is my role as a woman mm-hmm. uh, in, in the church? Um, and because, because Mary is absent from, uh, LDS doctrine, she's right. just not there. Um, and so, uh, that was, it, it was really Mary who led us into the, into the Catholic church. Um, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant. So, uh, we, uh, had the opportunity of, because I work at this classical academy, I've surrounded by Catholics all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was introduced to this teaching where I've shown in, in the first introduction to Mary being the Ark of the Covenant was shown to me in Revelations 11 and 12, right. where St. John looks up into heaven and he sees the heavenly temple and he sees the Ark in the middle of the heavenly temple. Well, we got to pause here for a second. Uh, the Ark of the Old Testament disappeared around 600 BC mm-hmm. during the Babylonian captivity. Now that date is very important to LDS listeners uh, because that's the beginning of the Book of Mormon. So the Book of Mormon claims to begin... Oh. At the at the Babylonian Babylonian captivity, okay, right. and then and then there's a lot of talk in the Book of Mormon and in uh, in uh, the LDS uh, faith about the temple and the importance right. of the temple, right? But what happened at 600 BC when the Babylonians Babylonians came in is the Ark disappeared from history, gone, and so uh, Herod rebuilds the temple, and there's no Ark in it. Right. There's no Ark in it. The Ark is gone, and. Uh, Right. And so John sees this heavenly temple and he sees the ark is there in the heavenly temple. And then what he sees next is a, as a virgin who gives birth to a son who's meant to rule the whole world. Well, there's only one person that virgin can be. It's Mary, right? That's right. So he's looking at the temple, the ark, and he sees Mary and Christ. So 
there's some sort of connection there between the Ark and Mary, right? They're right. in the same vision, at least together. Uh, well, then, uh, well, then further, I'm given the scriptures uh, to look at Luke 1 and 2, comparing them to 2 Samuel 6. Mm-hmm. So 2 Samuel 6 is when um, King David brings the Ark back from the Philistines. Right. And he brings it back to Jerusalem, which the scriptures say the city of David, Jerusalem. Uh, now he's dancing in front of the ark. He's rejoicing in front of the ark, and the ark is returned. Right, uh, that whole story Luke copies in his talk about Mary being pregnant and, and delivering Christ. Right. Uh, the, if you co- and compare those two stories, Luke is copying that story. He's showing us these two stories are the same story. Right. And now Luke does something interesting, which nobody else does. He calls Bethlehem the city of David. So in Second Samuel six, it says the ark was returned. To the city of David, right. by which the Old Testament was referring to Jerusalem. Luke says the ark is returned to the city of David, uh, by which he means Bethlehem. And uh, and Luke is kind of showing us, he's, he's pointing out to us, Mary is the ark. Now there's there's more, of course, uh, overlaps here. Uh, David dances before the ark. Uh, John the Baptist dances before Mary. Right. Uh, when the ark comes back to uh, Jerusalem, David says, there's not a house for the ark. Because the ark dwells in curtains. The ark's basically in a tent. Right. And God, I want to build a, a house for this ark. And when the ark, when Mary comes to Bethlehem, there's no there's no house for her. There's right. no room in the inn. So all these all these parallels are there. And so it becomes kind of obvious that in the scriptures, Mary is the ark. Well, that was very troubling for me because um, the pinnacle of the LDS worship is the temple, mm-hmm. and the temple. The LDS temple does not have the ark in it. And they don't even know, they don't know Mary's the ark. They don't understand the ark is missing. Right. And so I, when I realized that Mary was the ark and that she wasn't in the LDS temple, that was it for me, right? That was it for me. I wasn't, I wasn't done with the LDS faith because I, I, never, I never really lost my faith in it. And for your wife, Kathy, I mean, that was a compelling moment for her. Yeah. What is yeah. her position so my, I church? was converted first. Uh-huh. Uh, my wife took a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this answer, this this answer in Mary, she's found she found what she was looking for, and she was looking for years. Yeah. So for years, she had that question: What is the role of women in the church? Um, because the the teachings now, the, one of the reasons that people tell the LDS that they're not Christian is because the LDS are not Trinitarian. Uh, now, the LDS response to that would be: Well, the Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible, and Trinitarian doctrine. The, they, the way they would see it and say it was Trinitarian doctrine was kind of invented 300 years later. Right. That's how the LDS would see it, right? Um, so their doctrine is, is not Trinitarian. And so according to LDS doctrine, God the Father is a man, right? He's like incarnate. He has a mm-hmm. body. And, and so uh, and then, and then uh, they have a, a doctrine that God has a wife, uh, which they call Heavenly Mother. And so... But there's not really anything known about her, and there's actually there's not a thing really about her in LDS scriptures. Right. Um, there's just kind of uh, people have conjectured, right? They've thought about this, they've right. thought about it, but there's nothing in scriptures that refer to God having a wife. In, even in LDS scriptures, it's kind of an LDS traditional teachings. Yeah. Uh, she's she's mentioned, um, but uh, there's a problem, right? It's, we're created in the image of God, but if God's a man, what's the role of women and god transcends time and space i mean it's hard to envision him as a you know a full-bodied man well this is where this is <laughs> you so, know this is where i LDS, just have a hard time with this that. is where the lds don't understand trinitarians trinitarians don't understand the lds they can't they kind of have a hard time seeing eye to eye right on the nature of god now this is something also really interesting that i learned uh, later on 
um, once I started to, I wanted the Ark, right? I wanted, and when I realized, <laughs> when I realized the Catholics had the Ark, I started to learn that Catholics had a lot other things that I didn't realize they have. Uh, so Joseph Smith, uh, his, his movement is called the Restoration, mm-hmm. that he saw himself as restoring the Church of Christ. And I think he kind of did because he was living in the, the wreck of the Protestant Reformation, right? right? And the Protestants literally <laughs> tore books out of their Bibles, so I have here uh, the book of Maccabees, which has been in the Bible for, uh, you know, 2,000 years. Been, right. uh, and when the Protestants tore it out, it had been in the Bible for 1,000 years when they tore it out. And uh, the book of Maccabees has in it a story of redemption of the dead. So, uh, so Judas Maccabees, he sees uh, some of the Jewish soldiers that have died, and right. they, they stumble upon these dead soldiers. And they're, you know, they, they're, they're going to bury them, and they're very sad. And then they find out that the, the, Jew, the Jewish soldiers had little idols on their bodies. And they said, ah, God killed them because they were idolaters. Idol, yeah. And so then he gathers, it says, he takes up a collection among his soldiers, amounting to 2,000 silver drachmas, which he sent to Jerusalem to provide for an expiatory sacrifice. Uh, so he gathers up money to send to Jerusalem to offer a sacrifice. And the scriptures here make it very clear that he's sacrificing for the souls of the dead. It says... Right. Um, in doing this, he acted in a very excellent and noble way inasmuch as he had the resurrection of the dead in view. For if he were not expecting the fallen to rise again, it would have been useless and foolish to pray for them in death. And so we see here that ancient Jews offered sacrifices. When it says in Jerusalem, they're talking about the temple. They offered sacrifices in the temple for the souls of the dead. Now, this will ring very clearly for the LDS people because the right. LDS people uh, pray for and practice redemption for the dead, right? They work for the redemption of the dead, as do the Catholics. So this is a teaching the Catholic Church never lost and continues. So right. uh, the sacrifice uh, of, of the Catholic faith is called uh, the, the, the Eucharist or the Mass. Uh, during the Mass, there's the, the sacrifice of, of the Eucharist. And before the Mass, they'll say this Mass is for and behalf of this person who's yeah. dead, right? Right. Uh, and so we're still, we're continuing this ancient tra- tradition that goes back to the book of Maccabees, right. which the Protestants tore out of the Bible, right? Uh, and here it is, evidence that the ancient Jews offered sacrifices in their temple that the Catholics still continue. Now, right. this is something that Joseph Smith restored. He restored uh, this idea of we should be worried about the salvation of the dead, right? right? And he restored it to the Protestant world, which had lost it, but the Catholic Church had never lost it. It was always there. And right. so this is another unique thing about the LDS people. As I said, I never left the LDS church. I called my LDS bishop and I said, <laughs> Bishop, I think the Catholic church is true. I'm sorry. <laughs> you had a lot of questions. Uh, I'm going to go yeah. do this thing. But yeah. in fact, I still, so, uh, so but, I, but I, never, I never lost my faith. I just found, oh, I, like temple worship is the most important thing. Right. The Catholics, in fact, have the temple. Uh, they have, uh, Christ said it was the temple of his body, um, uh, the ark and the sacrifice. Um, so I'm, I, I, I'm so, this is kind of, kind of funny, but I, so I have a little picture of the Salt Lake Temple. That's where I was married. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. And I actually still wear uh, my undergarments, my LDS undergarments, yeah. uh, which, um, are symbolic. Uh, I think they're beautiful. I, I love them. I never stopped loving them. Um, they represent the veil of the temple, right. uh, which is also the, the, the body of Christ. Right. And so today is Yom right. Kippur. It's the day of atonement for the Jews. And Kippur is, uh, in English, we'd use the word cover or atonement. So Christ covers our sins. Well, that's what these, uh, the Mormon undergar- armor, undergarments represent. They represent Christ right, covering right. us and protecting us. So. so you came out with this, your book, The Unfinished yeah. Temple. Yeah. I want to talk about that because 
as you know, people are picking it up, not just Catholics, but what is the main premise of the unfinished temple? Yeah, so there's something really amazing. Uh, I have a picture there of the Salt Lake Temple on the front. Yeah. Uh, there's something really amazing that uh, something LDS people might not know uh, is that uh, Joseph Smith, he consecrated uh, a piece of land in Missouri for the building of the first temple, mm-hmm. the first LDS temple, and that temple was never built. So there's something there, right? There's something there, uh, and it's not, in fact, owned by the mainline uh, LDS church anymore. Right. It's being owned by an offshoot of the LDS church. But there's something symbolic there waiting for us. There's something God is telling the LDS people that the temple, the temple that they've built is not finished. The first temple was never built. Right? There's, right. Something un, there's, something, there's something unfinished about the LDS temple. Right. And, uh, and then I have a picture of the Salt Lake Temple on there being built in the yep. 1800s. And uh, I would say this, the Salt Lake Temple is also unfinished because it doesn't contain the Ark. Right. So until the Ark is restored to the LDS temple, it will not be finished. Yep. And so um, my hope... I don't want to tear down the Mormon, the Mormon temples, the LDS temples. I don't want to tear down the LDS faith. Uh, my hope is that this book will get in the hands of the LDS apostles, that they'll hear about it, that they'll see it, that they'll read it, that they'll realize Mary is the ark. It's in scripture. Right. What I'm saying, I'm not saying of myself. It's in the scriptures. I'm just pointing out, have you seen, these, have you seen Luke 2? Have you compared it to 2 Samuel right. 6? It's there. It's in the scriptures. Mary is the ark. Now, um, Brigham Young taught something very similar to what Justin Martyr taught. Uh, Justin Martyr said, if it's true, it belongs to the Catholic Church. Uh, Brigham Young taught the same thing. He says, if it's true, it belongs to Mormonism, is what Brigham Young said. Hmm. And so it's true that Mary is the Ark. Well, if all truth belongs to Mormonism, as Brigham Young said, the Ark belongs to the LDS people. That's right. And so uh, the temple will be finished once Mary is there, once the Ark is there. And now this sounds really funny, right? If people don't know anything about Mary, uh, why is she so important? You guys sound like idolaters. You sound like, uh, uh, what do they call them? Uh, 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 pagans who are worshiping multiple, multiple gods or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, but we don't worship Mary. No. Uh, what's important about the ark is it signifies the presence of Christ. So the right. old ark uh, signified the throne of God in the temple. And as long as it was there, it, sim- it symbolized his presence being there. Right. right? And so, uh, so the ark is a symbol or a, or a proof of God's presence. And this is what, where things get really interesting. The Protestants deny Mary. They deny her role. They reject her. Now, they also reject the teaching of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Wow. So they reject the ark. They lose the real presence by their own admission. The Protestants will not say that Christ is present in their Eucharist. They might still eat bread and drink wine. They will not say Christ is truly present because he's not in their in their in their sacrifice. Right. They're not right. he's not in their ceremony because they've rejected the ark. They've rejected the real presence. Sure. So sure. where the ark is, you will find the real presence of Christ. Christ truly there. And so uh, when we're talking about um, the ark and Mary being restored to the temple, what what do we mean? We mean the return of Christ. Yeah. To you. You get to be present in the same room as Jesus Christ. You get right. to be present at his sacrifice. You get to be there at right. the foot of the cross just like John was. And why did, so I said earlier, all of the apostles fled except for Mary. Well, that's not true. There is one other who stayed, and that was John. Wow. Good, great stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Christopher. The Unfinished Temple. You can find that at unfinishedtemple.com. It's twelve ninety five plus tax. Go buy Christopher's book. It is so compelling, and I know you're going to get a lot out of it. So uh, we'll be back after these messages, and uh, we're going to come back with Cindy Cerna from 40 Days to Life. Christopher, thank you so much. God bless.
Jesse Family Minute from Mike and Alicia Hernan. Have you ever felt like a failure, a failure at work, at home, and perhaps even in your marriage? One of the ways to overcome this nagging lie in your mind is to remember who you are. Parents need to remember before you're a mom or a dad, you are a husband and wife. And before you're a spouse, you're a son or daughter of God. To maintain a healthy perspective in our lives, we need to confidently reclaim our identity. God, your heavenly father, will never see you as a failure. He delights in you as his beloved child. That is your true identity. And this is the identity we need to help form in our children. It is by delighting in them and loving them as your son or daughter that they can more easily believe that they are God's son or daughter. Do your children know you delight in them? Do they know they are loved passionately and individually? Imaging God's love for your children is an important role that every parent plays in the life of their child. For more encouragement and resources on parenting, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. A fierce war rages for your soul. Are you ready for battle? On September 29th, the Feast of St. Michael, through October 1st at the brand new and amazing Kalahari Resort in Round Rock, Fullness of Truth presents its timely conference entitled Spiritual Warfare, The Rules of Engagement. Arm yourself with the expertise of an internationally renowned authority in deliverance ministry, demonology, and exorcism, Father Chad Rippinger, as well as the powerful insights and strategies in resisting temptation and deepening your prayer life from the rest of the team. Kyle Clement, Dr. Dan Schneider, and Jesse Romero, as they explore the crucial elements of spiritual warfare in your everyday life, this conference will provide you with a sound battle plan. Don't miss it. To register and for more information, visit fullnessoftruth.org or call 877-21-TRUTH. And we are back. Uh, That was a great first segment with Christopher West. I want to encourage everyone to go to unfinishedtemple.com com to buy Christopher's book, The Unfinished Temple. I think you're going to get some great, compelling information. And as you heard Christopher, he, he is so uh, passionate about, you know, his Catholicism and coming from uh, the Latter-day Saints. I mean, he is, uh, he is just a true testimony of, you know, how Christ works. And, and, and uh, I, I think it's going to be fabulous. And I told him, I said, Christopher, when you get that first uh LDS person to read your book and convert over to Catholicism. I want to bring you back on the show and uh, this time for an hour so that we can, you know, talk to this person, what convinced them, what was in the book that hooked them. So I think, uh, I think it's a great book. I think he's going to do very well. And again, it's called The Unfinished Temple and it's by Christopher West. Go to unfinishedtemple.com to buy your copy. So, and we're back. Uh, thank you for coming in. I, I'm so happy to see Cindy Serna. I just, I just saw her yesterday at St. Matthew kicking off the 40 days for life. I know you've got a, a, a prayer campaign coming up. We're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk all about 40 days for life. And, uh, yesterday we had a message from, I guess it would be your president and CEO. He had a, a little four minute video. Director. Yeah, executive director, and we're going to talk about that and, uh, you know, also just talk about what 40 Days for Life is and what, what the program's about. And I just want to welcome to your, uh, you to my show. And, uh, Cindy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Gordy. Um, well, 
I started with uh, the pro-life movement back in 2008 Mm -hmm. at Allied Women's Center as a crisis pregnancy counselor. And um, I'm post-abortive, so um, I wasn't always in the right place thinking the right way about abortion, although I was pretty much coerced into it. So um, I've gone through a long process of forgiveness uh, for the people that were involved, but also in trying to learn how to forgive myself, I had to go to Rachel's Vineyard and Project Rachel for that that mercy and love that God gives us um, to help us get on the right side of the life issue. And so after working at Allied, I um, learned that there were sidewalk prayer warriors at the sidewalks in front of Planned Parenthood, and I started to volunteer with them just as a sidewalk captain and a prayer warrior, and just, you know, continued, just found that that was a a good way for me to um, testify to God's love and forgiveness and mercy, and to bring women to the other side and and help them understand their their real options and real help in, in, you know, in their crisis pregnancies. It's, It's basically, you know, helping them in whatever crisis they're at to come to understand that it's a child Mm-hmm. not a crisis it's a child it's not a choice it's right. a child and we need to protect and and you know have these children so that god's love can be you know grown in that manner well i can uh, the work that you do and and 40 days for life and and a lot of organizations out there that you know stand for life um the stories that you know i heard yesterday over yes. at the at the rally launching this this whole campaign off were just so compelling. I had people coming up to the GRN table and, you know, asking uh, if we had certain prayer cards for the unborn. Right. And, uh, you know, I thought, wow, we need to get some of those. But I also heard stories from people that, you know, as they're out there playing Parenthood, um, you know, and seeing what they see. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about the campaign and, you know, where it's taking place. And, uh, you know, as we move forward, how can how can people... Uh, our listeners get involved with 40 Days for Life. Sure. The 40 Days for Life campaign is starting Wednesday, September 27th to November 5th. And normally we have the closing rally on November 5th. So we're we're looking forward to that. Um, but the campaign starts Wednesday and it's 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through sun- Saturday. Uh-huh. And um, we just have people sign up at the website, which is 40 Days for Life dot com slash san antonio right um that's forty four zero, and you can sign up there on the calendar for vigil hours and right. so you just go and you pray for one hour you could do it weekly you could do it however often you you want to and um the the website also requires that you sign a statement of peace because right. we want to do it peacefully lawfully and with grace, and so um, everybody's expected to sign a statement of peace before they go, right. go out to the sidewalk. And and your volunteers, I mean, they come from all walks of life, yes. <clears throat> right? Yes, they do. Um, Bishop Yannick, yeah, all the way down. He was awesome <laughs> yesterday. He uh, he did the opening uh, prayer, Bishop. Thank yes. you, Bishop Yannick. We love our Bishop Yannick and our, our Archbishop, of course. And, yes. uh, he just he's so fabulous. And uh, when I saw him there, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Bishop yes. here. He, he, he loves to do one of the prayers yeah. for us. He's uh, very 
um, supportive of our mission and San Antonio Coalition for Life. Yeah. And um, we had uh, Protestant uh, pastors also involved in 40 Days for Life. And right. we're just encouraging all the clergy to come out. Our first specific designated day is going to be Saturday the 30th, and that's for all the clergy. So right. anybody um, in the clergy or, you know, maybe uh, in sac- uh, sac- sacrilegious, I mean, not sacrilegious, sacred life, sacred, yeah. um, can, can come out there and pray on Saturday. Well, you mentioned how people can uh, sign up, uh, you know, to pray. And uh, how do churches and ministries sign up? I mean, not just volunteers, but you can have full ministries out there as well. Yes, yes. We have uh, Coffee with Jesus. We have churches. We have everybody come out. Um, and so what they can do is contact me directly. I'm at Cindy, C-I-N-D-I, at org, and let me know via email or they can contact me by phone also and text me um, mm-hmm. that they want to sponsor a day or a half day, however they want to do it. Right. And um, they just basically do a sign up at their church and enlist people to go ahead and pray. And um, we provide them with water and snacks. Uh, there's a couple of chairs out there for individuals that can't stand for the whole right. hour. Um, we give them directions on where to park and so forth. And so um, it's it's a great way to have their whole community come on board together and pray. Right. You know, and one of the pillars of uh, the Guadalupe Radio Network is to protect the san- sanctity of life. Yes. And when I read that, you know, under our La Promesa Foundation, I was just, I was taken aback. I'm like, this is a radio station, a Guadalupe radio station, and that's one of, that's a first pillar we have to protect the sanctity of life. And, you know, not only your organization, but, you know, there's other organizations fighting the good fight, you know, protecting that sanctity of life. San Antonio Family Association, yes. I mentioned them. They're going to have a life chain this, this Sunday, October 1st. Right. And uh, with your event happening September 30th, I know September 29th is uh, the Archangels. And yeah. that's the day, the Feast of the Archangels, because that's my birthday. Awesome. So St. Michael, St. Gabriel, St. Raphael. And, you know, I carry my St. Michael uh, 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 rock everywhere I go from the nice. cave in Gardano, Italy. I'm rubbing it right now. But, <laughs> you know, to me, it's just, uh, it's, it's, uh, I think what y'all are doing is fabulous. But I want to know why, why the Planned Parenthood on Babcock? Is that the, is that the biggest one? That's or? the, the South, Central South Texas um, Regional Center. And so they used to do abortions there when it uh-huh. was legal. Um, when Roe v. Wade got overturned and um, the trigger laws came into effect in Texas and uh, abortion was no longer legal, right. they had to stop. Um, but that doesn't stop Planned Parenthood. It's going to right. be doing abortions throughout the country. And so what they do now is they refer out of state. And so women are still coming there in their crisis and they are um, being helped and We're I, assisting these, them. Yeah, uh, to <laughs> yeah. get funding to go out of state. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've, I've mentioned to other folks that, you know, now they're sending them to New Mexico. And in New Mexico, it's legal up to 39 weeks. So oh, you don't want a pregnant woman who needs help to go right. to Planned Parenthood. Right. So there is a crisis pregnancy center right next door, practically. Mm-hmm. There's a couple. Uh, there's one just a couple of blocks away. Uh, the San Antonio Pregnancy Center, the Women's Haven are nearby, Allied is nearby. Um, 
Life Choices is nearby, and they they are ready and able to help these women. So we just need to be present so that we can deter them from going into Planned Parenthood because that yeah. puts them at risk of being assisted. Yeah. So. What's the success rate? I mean, tell me a story where, you know, a woman or a girl or a teen came up to Planned Parenthood on Babcock and changed well, her mind. There, there are so many stories. <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> it's many. hard. Um, but um, um, just recently, we it, it's not just the success stories, but um, we're we're there to help any woman that's mm-hmm. in a crisis situation. And so, whether she is like this one young lady who was with her grandmother taking her to Planned Parenthood because. Older generations believe Planned Parenthood helps women and provides right. free services, which are both lies. Right. Um, these, this grandmother and her daughter, granddaughter went to Planned Parenthood seeking some kind of help for her pregnancy. And um, the grandmother was driving out of the parking lot and noticed a goodie bag, which is what our interns give the moms going in. And they had refused it before when they were going in, but, uh-huh. but she noticed the bag um, sitting on the ground next to the exit. And so she told her granddaughter, I think that's meant for you. You need to go get it. And so Uh she got out of the car, got the gift bag, read all the the life-affirming information and pregnancy center information, and she ended up choosing life life for her baby. She ended up choosing life for her baby. And so the grandmother told (laughs) us that she has a great-grandchild because of this ministry that we do with the, wow. the interns in care referral. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's stories like that that just make you want to keep coming back and keep praying and being there for these women. So it makes a difference what yes. we what you do. Yes, definitely. Even if it's just one baby, but it's That's not right. just one baby. There are many <clears throat> yeah. that we just don't know about that you see people drive up and sit in their parking lot and discuss amongst themselves, you know, right. what's going on. You see some people crying sometimes or just uh, very emotional in their right. cars. You can tell that they're very, they're very emotional in the situation. And then five minutes later, they drive away. And you just yeah. give praise and glory to God that hopefully something changed their mind. And sometimes it's, it's a sign that we're there that they're looking for yeah. that will tell them <laughs> that this isn't the, the right way. And I think of all those moms out there that, you know, have miscarriages and want children. They want to bring children into this world. And, you know, unfortunately that, you know, they can't or something happens. And, you know, I think that's something that we all need to think about, you know, and, and when, you know, what you all are doing, this 40 days for life campaign, I mean, it really should be 365 days for life. It is. It is 365 <laughs> days. I know it's um, a focus on yes. 40. Yeah. <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, we, we are out there um, all, all the rest of the year after the campaign is over. We're out there the hours that Planned Parenthood is open. Yeah. So 365 starts the day after our campaign finishes. Um, and basically we have interns out there giving out goodie bags with life-affirming information, talking to the women, letting them know that there is help, there is support for them because they're they're just um in their their crisis they're they're not sure they're afraid they don't know what to do where to go and so we're there for them do you train the the volunteers that are out there on what to say and how to say it and yes they are trained they're sidewalk advocates they're um they're trained on what to say what to do in situations and um they're shadowed until they learn to do it on their own they have to be 18 years or older 
and um, we are hiring. They yeah. do three-hour shifts. Um, they they uh, work together as a team, passing the one, so to speak, to the next person mm-hmm. for the next shift, and letting them know who's who and what's going on at the at the sidewalk in the parking lot of Planned Parenthood. Are you seeing more activity because we are having an influx of, of a lot of people coming across our border? Yes, we are seeing a lot of traffic, and uh-huh. we even noticed that the the previous Saturday to last Saturday, um, Planned Parenthood was open. And they right. haven't been open on Saturdays for a really long time. Right. So we don't know what's going on with them, but we need to be out there. And luckily, this campaign, I have churches signed up and Knights of Columbus groups uh uh, councils um, taking Saturdays to to be there, so right. that's that's an awesome thing that's happening this campaign. You know, I was talking to a lady at uh, at her event yesterday at uh, St. Matthew, and she said uh, we were talking about St. Mary Magdalene because you had one of the Knights of Columbus there, and he had his jacket. It's yes. it's you know St. Mary Magdalene, and so she said, you know, it would be great if we can get uh, Father Will Combs to tell the five hundred men that went to his march. And prayed the rosary. I was there. That would be awesome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> get out there. And I, I thought to myself, wow, that is compelling. Yes. And, you know, Father Will Combs, he'll do it. I mean, he yes. is he is a proactive uh, priest that we love. I mean, he's been here in the Guadalupe Radio Network studios. He, we've had him. But wouldn't that be fantastic? I mean, all the nights I have out his there. number. I'll call him on it. <laughs> <laughs> but it came from somebody that yes. was at your event and just came up and said, oh, look, Knights of Columbus, St. Mary Magdalene. They just had a march. I said, I was just there. Yes. It was last weekend. And yes. so was Richard Rayner. And it was beautiful. Lots of men. Lots of yes. men. And I was like, wow, how comforting to be in 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 at a site, you know, at a parish where there's so many men praying the rosary and mass and right. the Divine Mercy Chaplet and, and marching. It was it was fantastic, but a good point made by one of your volunteers too. Right. Let's get that's the knights beautiful. out there. Yeah. That's beautiful. And, and that's very encouraging yes, to, yes. to know that men are standing up for life. Yes. And not only, you know, the knights, but uh, let's talk about acts and let's talk about, you know, pastoral councils. I mean, there's room for everybody to get involved with this. Right. Right. And so I guess the the real question is how do you get the message out? And it's through radio, it's through Guadalupe Radio, right? And, and it's through your uh, forty day for life campaign, right? And um, we have bumper stickers, we have magnets and buttons that we gave out at the kickoff rally. Right. Um, we just encourage everybody to tell their friends and neighbors. Um, one thing I missed on the kickoff rally yesterday was announcing that I had sent an invitation to Mark White. District uh, City Councilman for District 10, Uh and he couldn't make it because he was out of town. But I just thought, what a great way to send that message, you know, to the the councilman. Absolutely, because um, he's obviously pro-life, and um, we need just to encourage the city councilman to to continue to stand up for life. And we need to be praying for the rest of City Council, and just tell everybody in the city because I'm sure a lot more people. Um, are thinking about this issue now that we mm-hmm. have had the city budget money towards taxpayer dollars towards um, getting abortions out of right. state. And um, so I think it's on everybody's minds and we need to be having a dialogue. Yeah. Come to, to the table, you know, to have the dialogue and to, to share the truth in love. I always remind people, share the truth in love yeah. because people need to know the truth and they they aren't going to be receptive unless we're lovingly telling them what the truth is. Well, and he's outnumbered, right? 
Yes. <laughs> if we could just get everybody in alignment. Yes. To, you know, pre- uh, save the, uh, the sanctity of life and preserve life. I mean, wouldn't we need that be to amazing? know our candidates when we're voting. We need yeah. to know our candidates and and what their agendas are and, you know, vote with a good conscience and a, a well-formed conscience to to know who we're voting for. And it starts at the top, right? Yes. You know, and I think as, uh, you know, times are changing and, you know, just there's a lot going on in this world. We could spend hours upon hours talking about all the things that are happening that shouldn't be happening. But I think with, you know, 40 Days for Life in the campaign and, you know, the the uh, the support that you get from the Archdiocese. Yes. It yes. was incredible. I, I love seeing Bishop Yannick out there. Yes, and it's wonderful. Tell me about that support and working with the Archdiocese and the Archbishop Gustavo. Well, uh, Archbishop Gustavo's uh, office sent a letter out uh, to uh, San Antonio Coalition for Life and probably to through through um, uh, Lauren um, to the different churches of the Archdiocese right. and re- you know let them know that it's not a political issue. It's it's a right. A faith issue, and we need to be strong in our faith, and know that you know we have to, like you said, recognize the sanctity of life, yes. and stand for that life um, in every way that we can. And going to the sidewalk is one way. Yeah, well, I tell you, we support everything that the Archbishop Gustavo does, and and uh, the Archdiocese of San Antonio, and all of our parishes. And so, you know, our job. As Guadalupe Radio Network is to get the word out. Yes. yes. Inform and, people. And 40 Days for Life is not just a Catholic um, ministry or mission. Right. It is ecumenical. So I would like to encourage everyone because, you know, not everybody's Catholic. We have Protestant friends and family members right. that are on board and that know that life is, is sacred. Mm-hmm. And we want to encourage them to invite people to the, the campaign to 40 Days for Life. Because it's not just a Catholic mission. It's not just for the Knights of Columbus to be out there. It's for everyone to be out there that stands sure. for life. Now, how does your organization, 40 Days for Life, how, how do you get funded? How do you raise funds? And We're, We are uh, a 5013C, and mm-hmm. so uh, we receive just donations from, from individuals. And... Um, um, Mainly through donations. Mainly through donations, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we we haven't held a gala in a long time. Uh-huh. We when we did back in the day, uh, we had speakers like Abby Johnson. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, it depends on how things are going at the in the office as far as you know. Like we have a new outre- outreach outreach uh, coordinator and uh, office manager or operations manager, mm-hmm. and so they're working on things like an upcoming gala, maybe in the spring, but. You know, it it takes a lot of work and a lot of money and effort. So everybody's yeah. time, talent, and treasure is is going to be you know asked for, so in some way or fashion. So tell me this: a little history on Forty Days for Life. When did it get started? Who started Forty Days? Because it's national, right? Yes, it's international. Inter- it's okay, international. Um, there, I believe there's like 681 campaigns going on at the same time, starting September 27th. Oh wow! So it's throughout. The whole world. Um, it started in College Station, Bryan College Station, uh-huh. and with Sean Carney and his folks. And um, we we watched a little video yesterday about yeah. how his his focus for this campaign and um, for the previous campaigns actually too. Um, he shared about the fact that our focus is heaven and not so much the the 
the success of the campaign, but our focus should be on heaven, yeah. everybody reaching heaven and um, being in the same mindset of just sharing faith when we share the truth of life. Um, we share our faith with them, you know, in yeah. Christ Jesus, and we we just um, want to go ahead and continue to pray and to fast and to reach people, right. you know, all, in, in any way that we can. And College Station is still the headquarters. It, headquarters. Yes. It used to be the Planned Parenthood <clears throat> yeah. that Abby Johnson was the medical director for. Oh, wow. And um, when she left um, Planned Parenthood, they, I guess they, you know, started to feel that, um, that pressure and everything. And uh-huh. so that office got closed. The Houston office came up uh, as the biggest uh, abortion facility in the area and or in the Northern Hemisphere. And so um, Planned Parenthood, when they shut down, um, Sean Carney and his team took over the Planned Parenthood and, and bought oh, it and wow. be- made a nice headquarters for 40 Days for Life. It's awesome. Wow. It's beautiful. Now, t- tell me about the, uh, there were some speakers yesterday that went up. I know. Yes. Those were our, our local pregnancy resource centers. Okay. A couple of them didn't get to make it, but the ones that did um, shared about what kind of clients they're seeing now, the moms and, and their situations. They shared about the services that they provide from free ultrasounds, pre-pregnancy right. tests, and mentoring programs. They shared about all the services and and um, the availability of those services. Yeah. And some of them are going to have upcoming galas like Allied Women's Center. Uh-huh. Um, some of them are uh, looking for volunteers or for new staff. Yeah. So it was great to see them and to have them share what their needs are and what um, what they're doing for the, the community. And the whole goal is to let, you know, girls, women know there's options. Oh, yes. There's options and there's there's... Uh, people that care, you yeah. know, it, yeah. we care and we love and we support them. They can come around and we can be the hands and feet that of Jesus that brings them to his His love. That's right. And, you know, it was so beautiful to see that support yesterday. Yes. And uh, I know uh, Kathy Nix, she was a former executive director, right? Yes. I got to speak to her yesterday. She was all excited about you coming on the show. And she said, oh, I was on the show with Sean and Richard. And yes. I'm so glad that, uh, you know, Cindy's going to be on the show tomorrow. And I'm going to, you encouraged everybody to tune in. I hope they're all listening. And, yes, you know, so. and I hope there's somebody out there, a, 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 a young woman, a teen that's, you know, going through a hard time that's hearing our voice. Yes. And knows that we're here. I almost for her. get teared up talking oh, about yeah, it. Yeah, that is hearing our voice. That you know, we're we're saying there are options. There's people to talk to. You're not alone. Yes, you're not alone. And abortion doesn't fix anything. It doesn't solve any anything. It, no, it is it is like, I mean, having had two abortions myself, it it created more problems for me. It yeah. it damaged my self esteem, my spirit, my my being. And um, complicated following pregnancies, it um, it just it hurt me all the way around. Um, so it is not a quick fix. It's not an answer to yeah. anything. Christ isn't the answer to everything. And so um, I would encourage a, a young mom who <laughs> is scared or having a difficult time, you know, acknowledging her pregnancy or whatever her situation is, yeah. To to speak to someone that they are they can trust, yeah. and to reach out to uh, care referral or their church 
or to a pregnancy resource center that's here locally, and they can be, you know, helped. They can truly get help and and support. I think one of the main things to point out is God doesn't make mistakes. No, no. He's he's an awesome God. He he will make a way for everybody to to be um, loved and cared for. It's not the end. It's the beginning. Yes, yes. Of a new life of, you know, don't, don't, deprive us of a human being that could be a possible future president or astronaut or scientist or somebody. Or just your brother and sister in Christ. Exactly. I mean, we're a family. And, you know, San Antonio uh, is all about familia. And it should be be a community effort, a familial uh, effort to take care of each other and, and to be brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about, too, is, you know, what just passed uh, at City Council, I mean, yes. we have voices. Yes, yes. We need to speak up. We need to stand up. Um, I would encourage everybody to at least thank Mark White, you know, for mm-hmm. for standing up and, um, and encourage everybody to maybe write to the rest of the council members. You know? Cindy, thank you so much for coming on. This is such a worthy topic, and I, I, I will have you on anytime you want. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. San Antonio listeners, GRN listeners, thank you for sharing your time with us. Have a great week. God bless you. Show and Scott is a Catholic renewal movement and Marian Shrine located off Scenic Loop Road in Holotus. In a very special way, Mary, the Mother of God, dwells at Show and Scott. Come experience the three graces that flow from her shrine. The grace of home, inner transformation, and apostolic fruitfulness. Show and Scott means beautiful place. Come visit our Blessed Mother. She's waiting for you. For hours and directions, contact Edna Salas at 210-254-5770. Clark Cardas, colon and rectal surgeon and fellow in the American College of Surgeons, is proud to be a sponsor of the great Catholic programming on KJMA. He's a member of Catholic Charities Medical Advisory Board and Catholic Physicians Guild of San Antonio and provides care for colon cancer, diverticulitis, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and those embarrassing lumps, bumps, aches, and pains. For more information on his offices in the Medical Center, Westover Hills, or Stone Oak, please call 210-614-0880. Join us in praying a memorare for families experiencing separation. May they find the inspiration for communication and the appeasement required for forgiveness. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my Mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. We pray for all your intentions daily. May God bless you. Your connection to our treasured Catholic faith all day, every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
Thanks for listening to KJMA 89.7 Floorsville, San Antonio. On the Guadalupe Radio Network in South Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Catholic Radio for your soul. And also streaming on grnonline.com and on your smartphone.